Hi, I'm Chef Brandon Collins, and you're listening to Ingredient Insiders. This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we'll be talking with chefs and food writers about their favorite ingredients. We then speak to the producer of that ingredient to learn how it's made, its history, and why chefs love using it in their kitchens. Today is the Dijon mustard episode, Andrea. I can't believe we didn't do mustard sooner, John. You would have think somebody wanted to talk about mustard sooner. You're right. Let's talk about mustards, not just Dijon, because I feel like there's a different mustard, at least in my world. Mm Mm-hmm. I have specific mustards for specific foods. I have. I counted this morning. Yeah, I'm curious if you're the same way as me. Like, if I say a pastrami sandwich, do you have a specific type of mustard that you like on that? 100%. I only want, like, the spicy brown. Same. That's it. Right. Like, I don't know if it's like, I call it like New York style or... yeah. Pennsylvania style or, Mm -hmm. you know, Golden's mustard. Golden's, yeah. But then if I say a ham and cheese sandwich on a baguette, Mm. what do you want? Okay, so I want two different kinds of mustards on that. There's like two ways I could go. Very interesting. Like traditional would be like a smooth Dijon. But I also would love a honey mustard. On that sandwich. You love your honey mustard. I do. I love it. I think it's, I love the sweet and the savory and the the salty. I don't know. I, I love it. Do you not like honey mustard, John? I don't really partake in honey mustard. No, I don't like it. I don't know why. Hmm. Is it like the chicken fingers? Like yeah, it your reminds kids? me of like a McNugget. Yeah, I get it. Not that there's anything wrong with a McNugget. In fact, if you're giving me McNuggets, I'll dip a McNugget in a honey mustard. Yeah, I mean, I need honey mustard if I'm having chicken nuggets. Yeah, but uh, is it's interesting. What are some of the other types of mustard that are out there? So we already talked about the like the brown spicy, obviously Dijon, which we're going to talk about at length. I can't here. believe you haven't mentioned yellow mustard. Oh, exactly. Like Americana. Th- that's what I want on my hot dog. But I'll Fresh also put on yellow. the brown. I'll put on the brown. Yeah, the spicy brown on a hot dog too. Will you I put like Dijon hot, on a hot dog? I, I wouldn't. I think that that's just no. I think I would me. do it if I was feeling fancy. It would have to be like a very fancy hot dog. Right. Like, like I'm a, a Schaller and Weber yeah. hot dog. Something or an Olympia Provisions, like a mm-hmm. really bespoke hot dog. Right. But if I'm like grilling in my backyard. Yeah. Yellow Frenches for me. Yeah. Like if you're getting a hot dog off the street in New York from a cart. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dijon has any place there. Right. And I'm going to say something, and I, I don't know how popular this is going to be, and it's actually not about mustard, but I'm going to put this out there as a Andrea public service announcement. Go ahead. I can't wait for this. <laughs> if you put ketchup on your hot dog, you are wrong, unless you are under the age of six. I agree 100% with that statement. Okay. So ingredient insiders, public statement, no ketchup on hot dogs unless you're under the age of six. I am with you. I I, I think it's... It's it's just plain wrong. It's disgusting. And That's I love the... ketchup. Don't get oh, me wrong. Yeah, me too. But I just like the thought of putting ketchup on a hot dog. Yuck. All right. This is going to be a great conversation. We're going to be talking all about 
Dijon Mustard. With Brandon Collins and Miko Mendoza. Of My Mustards. This season of Ingredient Insiders is brought to you by Bazzini Nuts. Bazzini is the brand of choice among chefs in the finest hotels and restaurants. Their legacy of quality extends to gourmet retail stores, specialty boutiques, grocery distributors, and delis, ensuring you have access to their extensive range of consumer retail packages. It all started in 1886 when Italian immigrant Anthony L. Bazzini began selling nuts by the pound to bakers, street vendors, and individuals during the Great Depression. But Bazzini Nuts isn't just about peanuts. They offer a delightful array of nuts like cashews, almonds, pecans, pistachios, hazelnuts, and more. Plus, a tempting selection of dried fruit, including apricots, cranberries, figs, dates, prunes, and tomatoes. So whether at the ballpark, in the kitchen, or indulging in some well-deserved self-care, choose Bazzini Nuts. With a legacy spanning 137 years, they're here to serve your needs with the same consistency, reliability, and quality, making them an iconic name in the world of nuts and dried fruits. Bazzini Nuts, tradition, quality, and taste all in one. Taste the legacy today. This episode is in partnership with The Chef's Warehouse and produced by Gotham Production Studios in New York City. All right, we are in our New York studio today with Brandon Collins, who is the corporate executive chef for Unilever. Two-time guest. I was going to say, not his first time here. <laughs> and what's amazing and so lovely is that last time you were here, Brandon, we were talking about the amazing Hellman's mayonnaise, which yep. Andrea and I are addicted to. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about Dijon mustard. Yes, and the amazing my product. Am I saying that right? Is it my? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know most people are like mail, my, my. Yeah. And it's, it's. I struggle my. with it. It's the one that's yeah. spelled M A I L L E. Yes. From France. Yep. They're smooth. There's grainy. Let's just get right into it mm-hmm. and talk about mustard because yeah. it's another do... condiment that I am just, I love a good, strong, mm-hmm. intense. French Dijon mustard. Which I wanted is... to do word association, John. Okay, let's do it. Okay. All right. So, like, when I th- when I saw it that you know we're going to talk about Dijon mustard immediately, pastrami. Yeah. That was yeah. like what I went to. Oh well. What is your mustard? I'm going to give you a little uh, a, a jambon sandwich, like a French mm. ham yep. butter With, like, pickle? butter pickle. Ham and Absolutely some delicious. sort of cheese, but Brand- maybe not even cheese. But when you said pastrami, and I agree I with that 100%, I know it's not Dijon. But when I'm in that French mindset of mm-hmm. Dijon, I'm not ever putting that on my pastrami, which is I interesting. Was, yeah, and I think I was thinking of mustard more broadly. Yes. Yeah. So the way that I see mustard is, right, so you have Dijon, which is absolutely amazing. And one of the things that I absolutely love, like, yeah. I love Dijon mustard more than any other mustard out there, but yeah. there's so many. There's so many mustards, and mustard's not just a condiment. Like it's a spice, it's a seasoning, it's it's an herb, right? So, one of the most like one of the very first known spices ever used is mustard. So you know we're talking six thousand years ago. It's been found in pottery. Like, Amazing, that's awesome, mm-hmm. right? Like they were they were grinding it into their into their meat. So, um, to me, I lo- absolutely love Dijon. Dijon is kind of at my heart. That's where a lot of my training and understanding of mustard comes from. Um, but mustard as a whole is like it's it, to me it's the superior condiment. 
Now, Dijon is a town in Burgundy in France. So Dijon is the capital. It's the capital, it's the capital of Burgundy. Burgundy. Yeah. So um, the the Dukes of Burgundy, um, who lived in Dijon, were at one point in time more powerful than the King of France. Wow. So they actually tried to make sure that they kept the Dukes of Burgundy happy because they had more money, they had a larger army, they had more 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 friends. I guess across the across the world, they had great um, wine. They had amazing wine, right? So with Bonn being right up the up the street, right? So you have great wine, great mustard. Um, it's absolutely delicious. Um, so at, to me, it's it's an amuse, It's an amazing part of France too. Like it's it's not the big city of Paris, but it's a big city in and of itself. So getting to Dijon is in and of itself like a life experience, especially whenever it comes to mustard. Now, does Dijon mustard, is there something significant about that, the way like it's made? Like what makes it Dijon exactly. mustard? Yep. Yeah, so it's not protected like champagne is and mm-hmm. things of that nature, but Dijon itself really only has five ingredients. It has water, it has salt, it has brown or black mustard seeds. And this is kind of really the only main variance is mm-hmm. that it can have brown or black most people don't produce with black mustard seeds because they're very, very um, hard to kind of travel. They they fall apart very easily. They're just not really kind of conducive for large mass scale production. So brown is predominantly what's utilized. Um, and then there's usually like either a vinegar wine or verjou, um, which verjou was kind of the original, like what we know as Dijon today started with verjou. Um, and then there's some form of like a, a seasoning, mm-hmm. right? So salt or something of that nature. Um other than that, that's that's Dijon. It has to have two percent or less of the whole of the seed in order to be called Dijon mustard. Um, so it has to be passed through a sieve in order to be a traditional style. But other than that, you you can go and like grab any sort of Dijon off the shelf. Some will have spices, some will have herbs, some will have turmeric. It just kind of there is no real true standard of identity except for those five things. Let's talk smooth versus grainy. Mm-hmm. What, why is there a difference? Is there you know? Yeah. What, what is one better for one type of cooking or use versus so, the other? Yeah. So for me, I prefer like – so smooth Dijon or Dijon traditional is to me one of those – or Dijon original is one of those like you put it on a sandwich. You put it – you use it a lot more for cooking. It's a little bit more designed for that like seasoning style of, of things, right? It also goes extremely well on a charcuterie board because mm-hmm. it spreads very well, mm-hmm. right? Old styles, those those whole grain type of mustards – um, those to me are really, really good, uh, as a texture additive, right? You put it into a dressing to add texture. You put it on top of a, of a dish. Like if you have a beautiful, like braised short rib and you put that, that old style mustard on top of it and you get that nice little pop, um, especially whenever we're talking about my and they minimally process the seeds. So we just soak them basically and cut them a little bit just to kind of release some of the glucosinolates. But other than that, you're getting pickled mustard seeds, which for years, I tried mm-hmm. to like make myself, and inevitably, ninety of my cooks every every week would burn them, and I would get this weird tasting mustard seed that was nothing like I wanted. Meanwhile, it was just sold in the jar that I could have just bought very easily. And, and with that, my whole grain, you get a beautiful visual effect. Mm-hmm. I made this weekend. There were some beautiful celery root in the supermarket, mm-hmm. which I rarely see. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy one of these babes and take it home. And I made a <laughs> celery root remoulade. You treated her oh, good. Oh, awesome. And the recipe I was using called for Dijon mustard. And I said, you know what? Because this is all, you know, white, mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. celery root and, and mayonnaise or an aioli. I was like, let me put in some of the my grainy. And I put in a couple of dollops of that. And it just lit it up. It looked Ooh. beautiful with those awesome. nice kind of dark 
brownish orangish yep. colored do and you prefer one over the other or is it like recipe I would specific say, that's a great question at my home it's 90 percent mm-hmm. smooth yeah yeah i feel like but, we're yeah. talking... but i always keep a jar of the grainy oh, i yeah. always have yeah. an extra one in the in the pantry and yeah yeah well, what about gra- you brandon i so i'm very similar right i prefer the smooth like i eat spoonfuls of it way more than i would ever like to admit um, <laughs> but and then the old style i use a lot for texture um, I also like old style. It's going to sound crazy, but old style with like a really, really good vanilla ice cream. Ooh, um, because I've never there's, thought there's of that. sugar, there's vinegar, right? It kind of plays extremely well in that wow. world. Um, and the traditional I use a lot for with chocolate. Um, so like chocolate, it, it reacts the same way as as. Wait, uh, he's talking like ice cream and chocolate yeah. with mustard. Now <laughs> my mind's blown. We're because talking I about do weird smooth, things smooth with and, mustard. Yep. Yeah, I do. Like I love to dip carrots in mustard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, obviously yeah. pretzels, which yeah. everybody that's of not, course pretzels, that's yeah. not yeah. new. Like honey mustard. Yep. Brandon's talking oh, yeah. chocolate and vanilla chocolate ice cream. And vanilla ice cream. Do you do anything weird with uh, your your mustard? I have never gone that weird. Yeah. But now, <laughs> but now I want to try it. No yeah. disrespect. Yeah, I mean, no. Yeah. Hey, look, completely. Like every time I say it, people are like, "You've lost your mind." And right. it's like coffee reacts with sh- chocolate the same way that mustard does. Does huh. so it really enhances it. Again, I'm not saying put like a jar full in your chocolate brownies, right. but a teaspoon of Dijon mustard. And if you don't have espresso powder lying around, does the exact same thing. So like enhance the flavor? Yeah. It really pulls out the flavor. It Mm. reacts. So mustard reacts with food the same way that salt does. Um, So it's there to enhance. So there are the schools of thought, right? right? It should taste like mustard. If you're putting mustard in, it should taste like mustard. I'm more of the, I would rather serve you a 15 course meal and have mustard in every single course, which I've done. Um, And some dishes really are mustard forward and very powerful and some of them you'd never know we put mustard in cocktails okay mustard in ice cream are there yep. other like applications that you've used it where you wouldn't think I, I it, to me again i use it like a seasoning right okay. so i put it in breads i put it in um i put it in desserts i put it in chocolate uh cocktails i think are one of the really cool things right because i think dave arnold really made it big where he was putting saline in cocktails for for a long time and it kind of like exploded where people were starting to put that little shot of saline, utilizing a little bit of like Dijon mustard water. So um, basically four parts water to one part Dijon, um, and then add that into your cocktail, especially for like whiskey cocktails, old fashions, mm. things along that line. It's a game changer. But I was thinking dirty martini. Yeah, dirty like, martini, that, 100%. Yep. And you can also use cornichons for that, like that pickle yes. juice with a little bit of the Dijon. You could do the mustard martini and become famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a there is a mustard uh, cocktail bar in Dijon. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's called like Mister Montard, and it's uh, it, it's interesting to say the least. Some of them you're like, eh, I don't know about this. Yeah. And some of them you're like, no, these are really really good. I, so. yeah, I want to hear some more of these because I've look at home. I think most of my mustard is going on as a condiment mm-hmm. or. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, vinaigrettes. I use quite a bit of mustard in that. But outside of that, is it? A, are people glazing meats with it? What are people? Oh, yeah. What are people using mustard for today? Yeah, like so, rub it on the outside of your briskets before you smoke them. Right, use that as like the glue to kind of put any sort of thing. Same with chicken, anything along that line. Anything you're going to roast that you're going to want to season the outside of, use it as kind of that glue to hold the spices on. Um, it's also kind of works the same as butter, right? You can add it to something to help kind of create that silkiness, that smoothness, that deliciousness. Um, so those are two kind of not traditional ways, I guess, to, to utilize the, the condiment, but it's one of those things that because it plays so well in the sandbox with everything, you can literally 
add it to whatever it is that you're doing. It's healthy for you. It's antibacterial. It's antimicrobial. So it never goes bad, huh. which is even more amazing, right? Mustard never goes bad. It just loses its heat over time. Right. The great chef and the great hamburger chef, Josh Capon, who's won the burger battle mm-hmm. of you know the Food and Wine mm-hmm. Festival, I think like eight or 10 times, he takes Dijon and rubs it on the outside of the burger patties before he grills yeah. or or pan fries any burger. Really? Yeah. What does that do? Does that make like a crust? How does that work? It would help give it a crust. Yeah. Um it's also going to help season it, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it reacts just like salt. So it's gonna it's gonna create a depth of flavor that you don't normally get by just mm-hmm. salt and pepper. Yeah. So you're gonna get that vinegar, you're gonna get that mustard, and you're gonna get that salt. I started well. adopting that. I, I I think In and Out does that too. They oh, call yeah. it like animal style. Yep. Yeah. Where they're yeah. putting mustard on the patties and then they have a sauce before they cook yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the caramelized onions and the American mm. cheese and mm. that Thousand Island style sauce that they now put on top of it. That's and I kind of want to. I'm gonna be in California in a couple of days. Yeah. I'm gonna in have to hit a couple in and outs. Andrew, what do you use mustard for when you're cooking? I think I use it the same way that you do, but I also, on Christmas, I whole roast a strip loin, mm-hmm. and I create this herbaceous kind of, um, like an herb butter, and I throw a huge tablespoon of whole grain Dijon mustard into that, yeah. and then I smear it all over the, the strip, mm-hmm. and I throw it in the oven. It is fabulous. Now that you Sounds said amazing. that, now I'm thinking of other things I do with mustard, which is whenever <laughs> I make a rack of lamb that's going to have any kind of herb crust mm-hmm. or anything like that, it is mustard is my yeah. glue yeah. that I rub it all over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'll quickly pan sear the lamb rack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I'll rub it. Then I'll put whatever herbs or pepper coating I'm putting on there, and then I'll put it in the oven yeah. to finish. Well, and the crazy part, too, is like whenever you add heat to mustard, like it changes the flavor profile, right? So it's not nearly as mustardy whenever... So whenever you do like the lamb rack or you do the the butter and, and put it on top of it, it's not nearly as pronounced of a flavor as it mm-hmm. is if you just like spread it on a piece of bread because heat starts to break down a lot of the glucosidolates that give you the spice that's in the mustard, which is, again... It's cooking's cool, right? Like at the end of the day, like the fact that you can take something and completely change it just by adding heat to it and what you put in is different than what you get out. I mean, that's just so insane to me. I mean, another thing I love to have with mustard and this people may kind of cringe when I say this, but, and I adopted this when I was young and I first traveled to France and I noticed French people in bistros were doing this Mm -hmm. is they would, you know, whenever you would order a steak frite, they would give Mm -hmm. you a little pot of mustard on the side And I would watch what the French people were doing. You know, I grew up in America, so I was like, you know, you always think a squeeze of ketchup on the plate with the fries and Mm -hmm. maybe even, you know, if you're that kind of person, you might even dip your steak in it. I take a healthy dollop of Dijon, put it on the plate, and I will dip my steak in that. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 I love that. So good. It's so good. And also like – like flamkuchen, I don't, I'm always mispronounce that word, but mm-hmm. flamkuchen, flamkuchen, that sure. really flat uh, style pizza with like ham, and then I'll take uh, mustard and set it on the side and just dip it. I dip my pizza in it yeah. too. Like, I mean, I grew up eating ranch dressing, and now like I've completely replaced all of that with mustard. It's a lot healthier for me. Yeah. Mm. So, can you give us the the history? I mean, there's a lot of different Dijon mustards out there, yep. but what kind of differentiates my from the rest. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question, Andrea. Because there's Orleans style mustard. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a different. What is the difference between Dijon and or or is it Orleans or Orleans? Orleans. Orleans. Uh, so a lot of it is just the ingredients, right, and mm-hmm. the amount of the st- the type of 
seeds that are being put into it, right? So one of the things that makes kind of my, my, is he started off as a vinegar maker. Um, and he developed a process to kind of cut mustard seeds as opposed to grinding them. So grinding them, again, anytime you heat is is not a good thing whenever it comes to mm-hmm. mustard seeds in general, mm-hmm. right? So if you take mustard seeds and you cut them under pressure, it, it kind of gives them a little bit more free form and flavor profiles as opposed to grinding them and heating them up. Um, and what happens with my is that whenever you eat my, it kind of attacks your, your olfactory senses. It comes up through and then it, it kind of dissipates back. It doesn't make you sweat. doesn't make you cry. So it it's became, kind of like that wasabi exactly. in your sinus heat. Yep. It's mm-hmm. in your sinuses, but it doesn't give you that like flush of heat that you can get with like some of the Chinese mustards mm-hmm. and some of even some of the Dusseldorf's if you get like the super spicy hot yeah. ones Horse and even radish. some Dijon styles, right? So mm-hmm. some of the Dijon styles are way more spicy as well. Um, but so what, what he ended up doing is he became very well known within the, um, the large uh, courts of England and Europe. Because they wore makeup during this time, right? And they didn't want their makeup to run in front of the commoners. So his mustard didn't make you sweat. It didn't make you cry. So he became the mustard maker for the kings and queens of Europe. Uh, we have uh, crocs that are uh, that were designated for Emperor Napoleon. That were um, We found some on the bottom that were going to Tsars of Russia. So basically anytime the French Division of Antiquities comes across a shipwreck that has mustard crocs in it that were my they give them back to us <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we have some really really cool like old crocs that were signed for like Catherine the great and it, do you have pictures of these you can send us uh, i do have some pictures yeah we would yeah. love to see those yeah and it's if you ever get to dijon we have the oldest dijon store um still operating in dijon and it's you go in and upstairs you have all the stuff from the pump and if you happen to uh, catch Belanger on the right day. You can be like, "Hey, uh, can I can I see some of these?" Um, and we have some kind of laid out throughout the throughout the the room as well. Um, but it's it's really really cool. Again, the the history of it's so so diverse. We've been around for you know since three hundred years almost at this point. Like um, we've seen empires fall and crumble and grow and crumble again. So um, it's and we've kept it traditional. Like the 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 now production for the the European version is just outside of Dijon, um, in uh, an area called Chevalny, um, and it's still done the way that we've always done it, which is absolutely amazing. That's such a crazy story. It's the mustard that won't make you sweat. Yeah. Because I have had Maybe Dijon that, that will make tagline. you sweat. There's some. In, <laughs> uh, I've never seen it in the U.S., but there's some. You know, I think they call it super four or super hot, like yep. these oh, Dijon yeah. mustards yeah. that yep. are like you eat it and you're like, woo, yeah. right? You know, leave extra. it in the fridge for a couple of months to kind of chill mellow. out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's like so with with Dijon, it's usually made with a vinegar or a wine, mm-hmm. right? Predominantly, most of what you'll see in the states is a vinegar, mm-hmm. um, because and vinegar, you know, science tells you that vinegar kills heat. Right. So um, but if you look at like the Chinese mustards, it usually comes as a powder and then you mix it with water. And that's why they are. It's the same seeds. Right. They're both utilizing the brown seed. But Chinese mustard is much hotter Super because hot. of the mm-hmm. fact that it's utilizing water versus utilizing a vinegar or something to kind of mellow that out. Same with uh, UK, like a Tewksbury mustard, something along that line. Right. Coleman's as well as another one that's mm-hmm. that's kind of. A little bit spicier than mm-hmm. than than most, um, and it's because of the the fact that you're utilizing water um, to kind of activate those glucosinolates as opposed to uh, utilizing a vinegar or a wine. So I want to talk very quickly about what I consider one of the greatest 
so- I'm going to call it a sauce mm-hmm. because it's not just one condiment. But this is the simplest thing in the world. I discovered this when I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade because a friend of mine growing up's mom, who they lived down the street from us, used to make these delicious sandwiches, whether it was a ham sandwich or a roast beef sandwich or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Whenever you went over Will Carr, his name was Will Carr. Whenever you went over Will's house- Are you house, still friends with Will? I am. Okay. Whenever you'd go over Will's hey, Will. house- <laughs> You'd have these sandwiches that were incredible, and I it took me you know a, a little bit to figure out what was going on because you know my mom would make a sandwich it was good, but this was special. What Nancy Carr did, and this is as basic as it gets. She would take Hellman's mayonnaise, she would take mustard. I mm-hmm. don't know if it was mine or not, and just combine them in almost equal quantities and stir them together. And I know this sounds so basic. But when you do that, yeah. something magical happens because mm-hmm. you can smear yeah. mayo on a piece of bread and you can smear mustard on a piece of bread and it doesn't have the same effect. No. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, 100%. That like, like Dijonese. Yes. Yep. It makes this <laughs> thing, this creamy mustardy sauce that makes sandwiches so amazing. I use 100%. that as a dip. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dijonese is a dip yep. for like carrots, celery, everything. I didn't even know that. I mean, I've heard of Dijonese now that you say it, yeah. but like that to me was a, revol- a revelation as a kid. Nancy was ahead of her time. Yeah. Nancy Carr, God rest her soul, was making amazing sandwiches because of that. Trailblazer. Wow. Yeah. Like 100%. That's, I love, I love Dijonese. I love mm-hmm. mayonnaise and mustard anything at this why point. is that like, so good is it the creaminess and i think it's the, the creaminess acidic? it's the it's the acidity right it's that little bit of spice that you get it's the same reason why you i like adding a little bit of heat to any sort of creamy sauce that i make right it just gives it that little bit of oomph that you just and again mayonnaise and mustard on a sandwich it's absolutely delicious and then you mix them together and you get that perfect balance you can't beat it I love mustard. You just got to spice. You know what the Spice Girls? We get spice up your life. You know that song? <laughs> like even when I make I think tu- it was about mustard. When I make tuna, do you put do you put mayo in your tuna salad? I mean, uh, pardon me, mustard in your tuna. I do not. See, I do. I'm not I do. always, but I do. I do. I'll put a dollop in there. Just brings it up a level. Yeah. Really? I put yeah. it in my potato salad. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. You have to. Yep. And then when you said Brussels sprouts, I was thinking about taking bacon fat yeah. and then stirring in whole grain mustard, yep. and then pouring that over Brussels sprouts. Ugh. That you pull out of the deep fryer or yes. air fryer, depending on how healthy we're trying to be today. Mm, but <laughs> not, If you're pouring bacon fat on something. <laughs> well, the, if you put it in the air fryer, then there's that argument, okay. right? Like, ah, it's half And then you have a Diet fattening. Coke with it? Yeah, well, 100%. That's the only way to diet, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> well, this has been another lovely, amazing conversation. But we're not done Brandon, yet. you're so good with these, like... He's the condiment king. He is. What's, <laughs> I, what condiment do you want to come on yeah, and talk next? about next? <sighs> with us? Let's see here. Um, I don't know enough about, I honestly, I don't like ketchup, so I can't really. What? Like, All right. We don't, I don't have to talk about ketchup. Really? Yeah, do you like ketchup? I, I love I don't ketchup. Like ketchup. I love it. It's a weird thing. I don't know why. I like ketchup why. and mayonnaise together. I, yeah. I will say this. The mayo my, chip I do like. My okay. ketchup okay. consumption is probably one-tenth of what it was 10 years ago. Because of the sugar? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I, I love think it. I stay away from it because it's so sugary. Yeah. I just I'm not saying I don't love it, but it, it ain't mayo. It's like mayo, I eat mayo. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mustard. And a exactly. lot of, and for healthier reasons, a lot more mustard yes. than I ever did. Not for health reasons, mayo. No. Yes. No. 
<laughs> you're just pinching my fat? Is that what you're doing? You know. <laughs> well, I don't know if John, if we asked you this the last time about your mm-hmm. pantry, mm-hmm. did we? Uh, I don't remember, honestly. I don't know. All right, well, we're going to ask you again because it's been a a while and there's new things. And Andrea loves to ask this question. What are the five ingredients that you have to have in your pantry at all times? Uh, Currently? Sure. Okay. Like if I went to your house right now. Currently, Chili Crisp. Okay. um, And it's the hot, crispy oil, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like it's the brand that I'm addicted to. What do you like like to do with it? Because I have a jar of that in my pantry and I don't even know what to do with it. Which brand is it? So it's called Hot Crispy Oil. We have that exact one. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's absolutely insane. I get it from my local grocery store up by me. And I, one of my kind of addictions right now is cottage cheese corn nuts. And hot crispy oil. All together? All together. Mix it together. I feel like I'm in college sometimes. But it's, 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 for me, it's a, it's a high protein. It's got a little bit of, of crunch to it and it's got some spice and it works perfectly well as like a snack running out, out the door. Um, I have two kids, I have a dog, um, and I'm constantly traveling. So it's like, I don't know, just trying to make that sure. doesn't sound very good. It to doesn't me. sound sorry, good, but it's delicious. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to try to make that. It's like a cottage seed. cheese. I lo- it's co- Listen, if you like cottage cheese. I have nothing cheese. against cottage cheese. Yep. I love corn nuts. Yep. Love corn nuts. I'm telling you, mix and them I, together. Okay. It doesn't right. seem like it but will John, work, but I'm it's gonna, delicious. I'm gonna, I know that you are not a huge fan of the chili crisp. How do you know that? I think didn't you tell me that? No, I never. I've never. I have a. We've had a jar, just because I have a jar in my house that I haven't never eaten used. in two years does not mean I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> uh, I just don't know what to do with say. it. Six one half a dozen of the other. And with I don't that know one. if I'm going to go rushing home now to try it with cottage cheese either. It's so. like a savory yogurt yeah. bowl. Yeah. Yeah. that's how I'm exactly. picturing that's basically it. what it is at the end of the day. But it's. It's and chili crisp is great on top of tons of stuff. Like I put it on top of roasted potatoes. I put it on top of fish. I like okay, I that put it I can in, handle. I mix it into like if I get like a local ramen or something like that. I put it I'll on take eggs. a couple scrambled eggs. It's great oh. on eggs. Okay, good. Especially like on like an egg sandwich. Absolutely Ooh. cool. I use that oil to ty- kind of toast okay. the bread. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely insane. You've, rede- you use... you've redeemed yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> could use the oil to make like a mayonnaise even. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yummy. Oh, and then you spread that on a sandwich. It'd be killer. All right, what else is um, in this pantry? Sorry, okay, so, chili crisp. obviously Dijon. Like, right. I always have a Dijon. And um, there's also another mustard from this company called Terrapin Ridge Farms. It's a dill pickled mustard that, that I keep in my house at all times. You like, said it's, dill three times, and it's yeah, my favorite herb, and I'm really happy. And especially right whenever dill pickles are involved. Mm-hmm. Like, dill anything. Like, I grew up eating, like, the dill dip that my mother made. and Yeah, delicious. Which, I agree. Dill is one of my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite herbs. Um, then there's also banchans. Um, so the banchan sauce, uh, is currently like one of the top hits, uh, in my pantry as well. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is in Hellman's mayonnaise. Um, always Hellman's mayonnaise. Um, and lastly, the one thing that I think is probably the, another big thing in my pantry. Hmm. I always have cornichons. Okay. I always have cornichons. My makes beautiful cornichons. Yeah, the do. best cornichons in the world. They, they really, really do. do. At retail, that's what I buy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming back. We cannot wait to have you on again. Beautiful. Can't wait. He hasn't even left. I know. I'm already already like penciling you in for season six. We'll we'll have to come up with like cornichons and olives or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. What else does Unilever (laughs) sell that we can talk about? I'm sure we can figure out where. Ben and I mean, Jerry's ice cream. I was like, we are the largest ice cream producer in the world, but I don't know that I would be the. Well, I'm very good at talking about ice cream. Have we but, done ice cream? No, we have yeah. not done an ice cream no. episode. Largest ice cream producer in the world. All right, we can do this. We'll figure it out. Well, right. thank you Thanks, so Brandon. much for joining thank you. us. What a pleasure again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
right, John, we are here today with a very exciting guest. We are here with Miko Mendoza. He is the brand manager for food service for My Mustard. My Mustard. Love My Mustard, Andrea. Yes, you do, John. I love the smooth. I love the grainy. You know what else I love from my? I love their cornichons. Do you ever buy those? Oh, yeah. They're the best. I know we're talking about mustard today, but let's digress and talk about cornichons for a second because I think they go hand in hand with mustard. Mm-hmm. I love a cornichon on a ham sandwich with lots of mustard and oh, even yeah. butter on there, too. And I love how with the, the jar, you can, like you lift them out. Yes. Um, which I always like think is kind of cool. And like, they have a couple little it. like cocktail onions in there too yeah. sometimes okay yes. anyhow let's sorry i sorry 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 everybody it's okay let's we got talk excited. about mustard my mustard for those of you who who don't speak french that's m-a-i-l-l-e what do we what do we what's going on andrew what are we talking about today yeah so i want to learn miko like the history of my what makes it unique you know the ins and outs i want to know it all so where where do we t- kind of you start Absolutely. us off miko um, and yes, it is a little hard to connect the pronunciation with the spelling. So thank you for pronouncing it correctly. Um, so yeah, my mustard has a very interesting history. It was, it's a very old brand. It's about, uh, more than 270 years old, uh, born in Dijon. Um, and the founder, of course, um, his name was Antoine Mai. Um, so he started, you know, a vinegar business moved into mustard because those two industries are connected. Um, and he became, you know, very successful. Um, Dijon, of course, is the region known for mustard. Um, and he became so successful that actually um, his mustard became the choice of the French king and the um, Russian empress. So we'd like, we like to say that um, my is the condiment of choice for royalty. The royal mustard. Yeah. And, um, uh, fi- you know, funny tidbit, why specifically the royalty, uh, it was because, of course, no air conditioning, um, they wore makeup, and this mustard would not uh, make them sweat. Unlike, you know, very spicy mustard, you don't want your subjects to see you sweating. Um, so this one, you know, had a perfect balance, so they they completely goes, this is what I will serve in front of my, my guests. So I can just imagine, you know, those royal feasts where you have to look regal while cutting and chewing your food. John, I want you to put makeup on and then I will feed you mustard and then we'll see what happens. I'll probably sweat anyhow. <laughs> you probably will. <laughs> so talk to us about how mustard is made. Mustard seeds, you mentioned wine. I know there's a couple of different methods for making mustard, but I'm not even sure I know what the difference is between what they call the Orleans style production and the Dijon production style, what are, what are the differences and how do you make mustard? Sure. So um, mustard, of course, starts with mustard seeds. Um, specifically, we use brown mustard seeds. Um, and there are two countries that grow mustard, uh, France and Canada. Uh, we get the majority of our seeds actually from Canada. So what happens first is that we soak brown mustard seeds in vinegar and water. Uh, then we run it through a grinder. Uh, we season it. And then it passes through a fine strainer to remove the hull. Um, and then um, at that stage, mustard is very bitter. Uh, so it needs some time to settle, about two to three days for the flavor to kind of settle. Um, and then the thing that makes the mustard spicy is actually activated by water, 
So when the water hits them, they release their heat and then it starts to slowly diminish. Um, funny thing is mustard actually doesn't have expiration. Um, you can have it forever. The only thing it does change is probably the heat level. Interesting. Okay. Is that like a specific style? Is that like the New Orleans method? I honestly don't know what the New Orleans method is. Um, but for this mustard, it's minimally processed. Um, and so the method I mentioned was for our smooth mustard. Um, the old style, of course, where you can see the, the mustard seeds, that's even less processed. Um, it's the closest, we think, in terms of the uh, original style of mustard. So for that one, uh, the seeds are soaked in water and vinegar and then broken uh, and then jarred. That's kind of it. Uh, not much more processing goes into that um, grainy mustard. Okay, so what are the ingredients in my Dijon mustard? Uh, so there are a few ingredients. Uh, of course, mustard seeds, the most important. Uh, it contains vinegar, water, salt, citric acid, and sulfites to preserve the quality. What makes my mustard unique? There's a lot of different Dijon mustards on the market. When I go to the grocery store, you know, there's you know, four or five, six different brands. Personally, I always buy my, just, I, you know, when I was in culinary school, that's what we used. Um, when I've worked in kitchens, that's what we used. So I know, you know, brand recognition wise to me, it's, it's the best, um, or one of the best, but kind of tell me a little bit about what makes it unique compared to its comp the competitors. Yeah. I think especially for chefs for back of house, uh, we know that my mustard plays very well. Um, because, you know, it doesn't overwhelm. You still, of course, get that rich flavor that even if you um, have it by itself as a condiment, uh, uh, it tastes great, but it's especially placed well with other ingredients. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the flavor is unmatched, in my opinion, I think many other people's opinion, um, that you just don't really get um, with other brands of mustard. I recently heard about a shortage of mustard seeds. Yes. Is that still happening? Unfortunately, yes. It's, I think it started last year, uh, and we were hoping that it would recover soon. Um, it doesn't seem like they're back to their, their former capacity. So um, it's still a problem we mustard manufacturers are facing. Have you seen any trends with mustard over the last few years? Is there anything you know on the horizon for my that we should be looking out for? New flavors or anything new? I think as people become more well-traveled, uh, they become more open to flavors um, and they're now looking for more authentic ingredients. So I think that's where my place very well, right? If you want uh, mustard from uh, Europe uh, with a rich history, as opposed to, you know, your, your regular hot dog, yellow mustard, um, you, you know, there's some difference or some sophistication there. Uh, and what we're seeing, I think also in the industry is that sauces and condiments are pretty important, right? There's a lot more, going on in terms of making sauces, signature sauces. Um, we know our operators, they want to be known for their sauces. Uh, um, and therefore, my is a great ingredient to add in that as well. John, which country do you think is the largest consumer of mustard? The largest consumer of mustard? Wow, I feel like this is a trick question. I mean, I my first inclination is to say the United States because it's a big country and there's a lot of mustard going on sandwiches and hot dogs. But now I'm going to go into a whole other place and say China because it's okay. a much 
bigger population. And there's a lot of like hot mustard, perhaps going into the food. So final answer, China. Okay. Miko, do you know the answer? No. And now that you mentioned China, that does make sense as well. So I'm super curious. Do you, what do you think? What, what, what would you say? Um, I would say France. And you would be right. France <laughs> is... I'm sorry, John. He did not win the million dollars. France is the largest uh, country of, of mustard consumption. I love it. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense now that, you know, you're hearing the history of like the kings and the queens and, you know, kind of 270 years of history. That's, you know. There's a region that's known for mustard. So, right. It makes right. Sense. does make sense. I don't know if you'll find this interesting. Mustard is actually antimicrobial and antibacterial. Who knew? You know, it's, it's funny you say that, Miko, because I read that, um, you know, I'll say in the olden days, when before antibiotics and all of that, that when you would have a cold that a lot of people, like almost like a Vicks vapor rub, they would rub mm -hmm. mustard on their chest. I know John still does that today. Yeah, um, I didn't know that was out of fashion. It's, out of, it's not in vogue, John, to rub mustard no. on your chest. I mean, we'd sell a lot more if people started doing that again. That's true. <laughs> we sell it by the gallon. So if you're interested, just reach, just go onto the Chef's Warehouse website and you can... Yeah, the old style is also good for exfoliating. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, that's it. that that brings a good question. So, w when is the best time to use the whole grain mustard versus the smooth? Um, is there is there a time for each? Is there a reason why? I imagine the smooth outsells the grainy by quite a bit. Yes, I think the smooth is probably more versatile in the sense that you can use it for ingredients, right? If you're making a salad dressing or a sauce or marinating, um, that's really where you want the flavors to be consistent and, and permeate. Um, whereas the old style, because it's, if, of its very distinct texture, right? That um, visible seeds that give you some crunch, you really want to use it more as a last ingredient, like something that finishes the dish because you want to preserve that um, that flavor and that texture. So, you know, using it to top salads or um, on meat, um, you really, I think, want to make a bigger show in terms mm -hmm. of how that texture really makes a difference that you don't get every day from other condiments as well. John, I love whole grain uh, mustard on like a cheese and charcuterie board. I love it with a pate. Like, I, yes. texturally, I, I find it very appealing. I do. I like that crunch on exactly what you just described. Yeah, And also, if I'm going to make something into like a sauce mm -hmm. and you want the visible kind of mustard seeds in there, I like to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that we've learned a lot about the history of Mai and all the ways that you can use it. So, Miko, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You're very, very Thanks, welcome. Thanks, Miko. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ingredient Insiders. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders. You can find the products we discussed on today's episode at chefswarehouse.com or at your favorite specialty retailer.